Hey, welcome though, whether you're here or you're online. I, I know it's summertime, so we're getting more and more people uh, online just as we get to come back together. Um, we're, we're doing a, a series through the book of Psalms. Now, if you've ever read the Psalms, they're a little different th than maybe other things in the Bible, right? They're, they're actually poetry. I think of them a lot. They are like uh, like paintings. There's a texture to them. You have to, you, you might read a psalm at first, but then the more you read it, the more you kind of look at it, you, you see layers and layers of things. And so I've been, I've been looking through the psalms this week, which it's kind of fun uh, way, way to approach the summer. Now, uh, this week, you know, we, uh, we're going to approach two psalms together. Now you're wondering, is that like double sermon? Are we going to like preach twice as long? Yes. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but no. Uh, 42 and 43. Now, you might, there, there's a lot of technical reasons for this. If you're into the academic side, we kind of believe they used to be one psalm because the way they were in the Hebrew text, and we kind of accidentally, they get separated. Uh, so they're really kind of read well together, uh, if you will, uh, and I, I think you'll see that. Now, in life, sometimes we can get down, right? Can you get down? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry, uh, things pop into my head, and sometimes they come out. But, you know, sometimes in life, you know, there can be hard things. And we've talked about a lot of that as, as we've gone through things. Life can get you down. And so there's times when you can even feel like maybe God's forgotten you. Like, if, if you've been through something tough, um, you know, it's, it's a condition the old mystics called the dark night of the soul, if you will. It's, it's this, this struggling of your relationship with God, struggling with where things are going. An, an author wrote a book, uh, and the, the title of it was great, If Life is a Bowl of Cherries, Why Am I Living in the Pits? Uh, some of you remember that book, maybe. But if you feel this way here, you're, you're not a failure if you feel this way. It just means you're human. Uh, and this psalm gives us some hints of how we can walk through that. So, as uh, my, uh, not really a, a long-time custom, but uh, the custom for this series is I'll read the psalm out loud, uh, and then we'll kind of come back and go through it. So, uh, if, yeah, here we go. Psalm 42 and 3. As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? Day and night I have only tears for food, while my enemies continually taunt me, saying, Where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking. As I remember how it used to be, I walked among the crowds of worshipers, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of a great celebration. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you. Even from the distant Mount Hermon, the source of the Jordan, from the land of Mount Mizar, I hear the tumult of the raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. But each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me, and through each night I sing his songs, praying to God who gives me life. O God, my rock, I cry, why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Their taunts break my bones, they scoff, where is this God of yours? Why am I discouraged? Why is this heart so sad? I will put my hope in God, I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Declare me innocent, O God. Defend me against these ungodly people. 
Rescue me from these unjust liars. For you are God, my only safe haven. Why have you tossed me aside? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Send out your light and your truth. Let them guide me. Let them lead me to your holy mountain, to the place where you live. There I will go to the altar of God, to God, the source of my joy. I will praise you with my harp, O God, my God. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Now, for some of you, if you're reading this and we start off, it says Psalm 42, for the choir director, a psalm of the descendants of Korah. Now, some of us are immediately going, who was Korah? Some of you aren't. Maybe you had an Aunt Korah. No. Uh, <laughs> but uh, for some of and if you know the story of Korah in, in, uh, in, in Numbers 16, it might surprise you that his descendants show up here because he leads a rebellion against Moses. They're kind of mad, like, hey, we're all, like, holy, why are you so all that, you know, and they, they kind of get, like, uh, fighting, and so there's 250 people he leads in this rebellion. To make a long story short, you can read it. Uh, Moses is like, hey, we'll let God judge. Boom, earth opens up, Korah drops down with some others. So, you know, you're not a kind of expecting great things from his uh, descendants. Uh, and, and I think the interesting thing, because his descendants, despite that, some of them continue to serve God, and they serve in different capacities. At this point, you know, they're serving in the temple, doing music. Um, and there's, here's a sub-point that we're going to get out of even not even hitting the text itself yet. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter if your family has good spiritual past or a bad one. Like, probably some of us can kind of, you start thinking about your relatives, and you think, oh my gosh, if people knew who my relatives were, you know, because some of us have, you know, we, we come from a long line of, of things that maybe we want to forget about. Now, and other people, it's funny because when you get a pastor stuff, you know, it, it's so funny in, uh, in our tradition, and I, I go to like these pastor groups and things, and I, you know, I'm in some on Facebook, and I, you know, I, I go, and they're like, I'm a third generation Pentecostal preacher, and you know, it, it's like, I mean, they were like, I got saved at four, <laughs> you know, and you're thinking, man, like, I, I got a late start, like, I was 20 before I really got interested enough to crack open a Bible, you know, and so you, you can kind of feel a little lost, if you you will because it's like man these people got these great great histories but i actually i used to hang out with this guy i liked hanging out with him more because he was like yeah i was a really good drug dealer and i built a large drug empire <laughs> you know and i'm third generation drug dealer because then you feel a little better you know about your your spiritual history if, if, if maybe you you don't have that that sort of thing but here's the thing you know it, it, it's a you know, it's a great advantage to raise your kids in the right way and in godly things, but if you weren't raised that way, you, you're not at a disadvantage that you can't overcome because God doesn't care about who your grandparents were and whether they serve God. He cares about whether you do. Uh, now, a, a familiar proverb to some of you, Proverbs 22, 6 says, direct your children onto the right path, and when they're older, they will not leave it. You know, the King James, I know Dana likes the King James there. See, Train up a child. You know, and maybe that's the way you've heard it. And it's not necessarily, uh, you know, and this is like we get into genres of literature and stuff. And, you know, they're, they're, sometimes you get trained up and you go away because you choose to. But there's something about training a child, you know, bringing them up in the right things 
that, that helps them get on the right path in life. And that's why, you know, we, we had the kids go off to, to kids' church. It's not that we don't like our kids. It, it, it's that we want to invest in our kids and give them something that will help them grow. Uh, you know, and it's funny because, it, you know, in church, it's funny when you have, like, I have two kids, if you don't know them. Uh, they're awesome. I love them. But, you know, I, I like having, it, it's funny when you're a pastor's kid, and, and some of you know this because you've been in, in church long enough or you've been in the kind of churches, like, it's kind of a big deal what the pastor's kids do. And, and some people, like, will criticize, you know, I can't believe the pastor's kid did that. Well, if you, you know, hey, they're just kids. I, I really appreciate you guys are awesome. You know, you haven't been like, like putting all kinds of expectations on my kids. Uh, you know, they're just kids whose dad happens to, you know, be a pastor. <laughs> and so we don't put expectations on, on them that we wouldn't put on any other kids of believers, right? It's not who your parents are. It's not who your grandparents Again, you want to give them every advantage you can spiritually. But, but if, if you don't come from a great spiritual history, you can start one. Um, Anyway, and now we're getting to verse one. <laughs> As the deer longs for streams of water, so, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go stand before him? Now, as a deer, uh, now, I think this is another one that was like a song in the, was it the 80s and 90s? You remember? As the deer panteth for the water. And that was another one I used to sing before I wrestled, which I, I said, it was weird. I, I sang all these worship songs underneath the bleachers before I went out and did combat with people, uh, which is, you know, and I was a very brutal wrestler too. I had a very rough physical style, but I'd love people. In fact, my coach was going to, uh, we were going to split, we were, I was going to do UFC for a while, and I was going to get an I Heart Jesus tattoo on my chest. So when I'm locked in pummeling someone, it would be like witnessing to them. Uh, <laughs> But anyway, I remember, I remember singing that song, As the Deer Panteth for the Water. Because we're all King Jamesy, right? 1994. Because we have 91. We can Google here, you know. So if you're on the phone, I'm assuming you're Googling uh, or tweeting about great things that are being said. No. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and, and really, I think the image I, I get when I hear that song is, is sort of this this sort of tame image, sitting by the pool, you know, sipping a, a glass of water. Maybe you went to the Christian bookstore, uh, you know, when they had Christian bookstores and they had like the little, as the deer panteth for the water. Maybe they probably have that on a mug somewhere, right? Some of you have that mug? No, you're not. But, but you kind of picture you, you're, you're sipping that. It's, but I don't think that's really the image here. The image, it, I think, is more like a thirsty animal. And some of you know my dog. If you don't know my dog, you should know my dog. My dog is awesome because all dogs are awesome awesome. I love dogs. Sorry, I'm a dog person. I don't hate cats. If you're a cat person, that's cool. You know, we can live in unity here. Dog people, cat people, Star Trek, Star Wars, we, we can get it all together. <laughs> but, you know, I, I love, my, my dog comes in, we recently got a dog again, and, and he's the cutest thing, I think. I love that dog. But, because he's my dog. And, and you know, he, he's a little bit of a sloppy dog when it comes, like, he gets hot fast in this heat. Because it's hot, right? I grew up without air conditioning, you know, and, and so I, I'm, I, I thought, oh, yeah, I'm good. I go to the hot part of this building where we didn't have the AC on because we're not using it right now. Oh, my gosh. I came in here. I'm like, I'm going to die. But, you know, you're out there playing with your dog. Dogs get hot, too, which r reminds me. Don't, I saw this guy down at the beach. It was, like, too hot for me to walk in the sand, and you know, his dog was walking. You need to take, take care of those balls. Anyway, that's a whole other story. But, you know, m my dog, Loki... Uh, and I, I'm going to have to watch all the Marvel stuff now. I haven't. Um, I'm, I'm behind on Marvel. Do you, do you still love me? I'm still okay? 
No, I'm getting no's. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so, so, so Loki, my, 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 my puppy, when he comes in, he's not a puppy, he's like three, but he comes in and like he's so thirsty. I mean, I could have just like brought him to the bathroom, threw a couple balls to him, bring him, and he's like, and like water goes everywhere in the kitchen. And he's like, he's like drinking like he's never had water before. And that's really kind of the image. It's, it's because we're desperate for God and we're not just like sipping cool water from a cup. You know, we're kind of like sloppy, just got done mowing, you know, and you know, some of you know what I mean. You come in from mowing, I mowed the grass here last night. If you want to sign up, I need some help because it was hot. But like, you know, you're not just like, oh, I need some cool water. That's nice. No, you're like chugging that stuff. It's pouring down your face. You get your shirt wet too. Or maybe that's just me. Am I the only man who drinks like that? Okay. That's awkward if I'm the only one who just does that crazy. But, you know, it's that kind of like that, that thirst, like when you're really, you know, <laughs> dehydrated, you know. And so, you know, it says, and so I long for you. And here's the thing. A lot of us, when we're, in, we're experiencing trouble, we're experiencing hardship, we're experiencing, you know, problems in our relationship with God, feeling this disconnect, do we long for God? See, I get dehydrated when I'm out mowing or something, but sometimes you come in, and what do you want? You want something that maybe doesn't hydrate you the way it should. Like, like I remember when we, I'll mention the tornado again, <laughs> but, you know, last summer when we got hit with the tornado, it's, you know, we're still cleaning up. And, it was, you know, when people come over, we'd have, like, water in coolers, and people, most people get water, but then they had other things. We had other things in the coolers. You know, we had, like, soda, and we had energy drinks. Now, those are all fine, but it's really not what you need to crave. You really need, when you're out in the heat and that kind of working, you need, you need to crave water. And sometimes, spiritually, we don't crave the right things. You know, we're, we're dehydrated. You know, we're, we need water. You know, and sometimes in our, in our relation, when we thirst, we fill our thirst with other things that really aren't the things we need. You know, we have this longing for God, but we fill it with TV or Netflix. Or Hulu. Don't get all holy because you don't watch Netflix and you got Hulu. <laughs> I remember somebody telling me, they're like, we don't watch television. And then they all they watch is like internet over like TV stuff. I'm like, well, ha yeah, you don't have cable, but you have cable internet to watch. That's not, anyway, <laughs> you know, or, or we crave it with all kinds of things, food, relationships and things. So you know, are we longing for God? Day and night, I have only tears for food while my enemies continually taunt me saying, where is this God of yours? Day and night, I have only tears for food. And this is really an image of being absolutely destitute, you know, <laughs> and really just struggling. I'm not talking like financially destitute, but, but spiritually feeling like you're there and you're getting no reprieve. And we, we talked yesterday, we have a men's Bible study group um, that, you know, we kind of, we meet, we get together. Uh, and it, it gets real real. <laughs> and we were talking, I call it plastic Christianity, uh, like, you know, so you, ever, you ever know plastic Christians? It's like everything is always great and fine and like praise the Lord. And that's great if you really feel that way. But, but a lot of times people, you know, they'll say great, but they don't feel it. Like when I, if I go to a restaurant, I go out somewhere and the waitress says, how are you guys doing? I always say terrible. And if you've had lunch with me, you, you, it's a test. And most of them go, good, good, and they move on because they weren't listening, right? And we get programmed into that even in the church. You know, How are you doing? Great. <laughs> well, are you? But, but you know, we, we can kind of have this, this sort of plastic, you know, and I picture like 
I, I picture Ken doll. I don't know why. Like, you know, or like a little figure, like the little pl you know, plastic guys you play with, you know. You know, we don't have dolls. We have action figures, you know, which is like a doll. Uh, anyway, but, but it, you know, it, it, it's sort of everything's perfect. Like the hair never gets messed up on it, you know. Uh, and a lot of times we act like that, but it's okay to not be okay. You know, and that's one of the things I love about the Psalms because in the Psalms you see some people who are not okay. Yeah, they're, 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 having, they're having some, some, some tough days. And, and, and the Psalms kind of, they point us to this better frame of mind because you don't, even though it's okay to not be okay, we don't want you to stay not okay forever. You, you, you do want to have some good days. You, you do want to move out of, of spiritually hard times in, in, into good times. Um, but but it, reality is, a lot of us, there are times when we hurt. And if you don't, maybe you know a friend who, who hurts, and this would be, you'll find useful. But Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Uh, when we don't get what we want, when we want it, because sometimes we just, we're getting things, we're just not on our timetable. Like, I don't know if that's anyone else but me. You know, it, it could shatter our world. And, and sometimes we hope for things we shouldn't have in our lives. Like, I don't know how many times people have been like, oh, I wish I could marry her. <laughs> you know, well, she don't want you. <laughs> you, know, and it, it, you know, it's hard, though, when you're going through that, you know. And, and sometimes you, you find out later, like, hey, it was, it was a good idea not to get I, I remember I wanted a certain job. You know, I had a, I had a friend who wanted a certain job, but he, he kind of didn't get it, didn't, did, just didn't feel comfortable taking it. And then something happened there. It would have been really bad for his career to be there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like oh, <laughs> big problems. It, it looked like an opportunity that he, that he should pursue, but he shouldn't. I, and so there's, there's times that we, you know, we may not get what we want, but there may be reasons that God doesn't give us those things. Uh, and um, sometimes, like the psalmist likely does, we hope for good things. You know, we hope for you know, a loved one to, to know Jesus, and that's not coming together. You know, we, we hope for you know, a job. In the midst of a job search, a lot of us, although right now unemployment's pretty <laughs> pretty high. It's a little easier to get a job, but there's times when you're applying for jobs and like nothing's coming up the way you want it, you know, and, and there, you know, there's times when, you know, we, we're praying for healing, for physical things like cancer, good things, uh, not cancer, but the healing, <laughs> you know, or, or a child limits the miscarriage, all these things that can happen to us that are hard, uh, but we still aren't getting the answer we want. We still feel this disconnect with God. And as we hope for something good, it keeps being postponed. It really can make our heart sick, if you will. We feel desperate. We feel destitute. We feel like we're just not being given what we need for life. Uh, and when we wait unfulfilled for a good thing, we become spiritually dry and often vulnerable to attacks from the enemy. Because, you know, uh, as the psalmist says, you know, here, you know, uh, the, their enemies say, where is this God of yours? Some of us have friends <laughs> who say the same thing, right? Because you worship, you serve God, but it doesn't seem like your life's coming together, right? And sometimes we're down, others will mock our pain. Uh, verse 4 says, my heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshipers, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of a great celebration. You know, my heart is breaking. Now, it, it's interesting, because here's scholarly side of Jeff. I, I, I love books. You know, some of you, someone posted one this week. It's like, the, 
about, you know, it was kind of alluding to the library smell. Like, I, I love digital books. I probably own more digital books than I do physical books. But if you've ever been in my office, I own one or two physical books, too. Um, you know, people always, you know, ask, you know, have you read them all? And I'm like, some of them twice. Some of them not at all. Because you just, if those are lovers of books, sometimes you get a book and, you know, you just never get around to reading it. Because who has that much time? <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> someday I'll have time. Uh, maybe if I ever get to retire. Uh, but, you know, uh, you know. <laughs> um, uh, the awkward moment when you bump your notes and it slides down. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, my, what, do you anybody know what I was talking about? <laughs> was that in verse four? Uh, so, yeah, longing, for, let's just go with that. When in doubt, longing for Jesus. Um, I switched programs that I managed my notes in, and um, if I bump it wrong, it scrolls through them all, and um, I probably ought to fix that. So, uh, there's just a little... <laughs> my heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worship, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks in a great celebration. And, you know, his heart is breaking. You know, uh, and, you know why is he upset? You know, I, 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 it was like, with scholars, you know, they kind of come up with all theories about why, you know, and I, I love books, I love, but, you know, why he was, you know, upset. And, you know, oh, well, I, we think, you know, he was a temporary pre person, he was only there for a little bit, and he's looking back, or, or maybe he was carried off in battle, which happens sometimes, they have, you know, people, so all those are great theories and everything. Point is, he wasn't doing what he wanted to do. He wasn't in that position. It doesn't matter. You can make a whole career out of that. Uh, now, and I think for a lot of us, though, you know, I was trying to think of this as, you know, likening it to today. Now, some of us, especially dudes, um, we we're, were talking about this yesterday, uh, you know, you don't, like, it's like the first or second question usually when you get together with dudes is like, you know, you might ask the name, but it's like, what do you do? Like, like sometimes, you know, I, I, I try to avoid, that. I, I try to avoid that question anyway, because my job, you know, I'm like, as soon as I tell people a pastor, people get weird. Like they like justify why they're not going to church or they want to tell you like something that like, well, you know, I don't believe this. And then I'm like, okay, well, I was just, I was just meeting you, man. I wanted to share a snow cone. You know, <laughs> we can, we can talk about all that, but you know, uh, <laughs> uh, and so, you know, you know, uh, uh, and most guys you're like, yeah, I work, I work construction. I sell insurance. You know, people kind of, guys like define themselves often by what we do. Right. And, you know, um, when we lose our sense of purpose in life, especially as men, when we kind of lose our job, if you will, often we feel sort of purposelessness. We can kind of get down on those things. And so that's kind of how we're picturing this is, you know, uh, you know, maybe it's a real job, maybe it's a volunteer role. <laughs> you know, we lose things. You could lose your health and can't do much. You, and sometimes we end up in a dead-end job that we're like, it just seems irrelevant. You know, sometimes forced early retirement. Uh, any number of great disappointments in life, and we can feel like we've lost our role, lost, you know, sort of where we're meant to be. You know, and he says, as I remember, and, and you know, he starts remembering the things, you know, that, that he's done, the, the ways he's served God, and, you know, it's, it's funny, when, when you remember things, you remember them often, you know, better than they used to be sometimes, anyone ever, 
like I, I kind of wonder if he, you know, it's a entirely accurate remembering. <laughs> because like I, I look back sometimes, uh, you know, <laughs> and, and, and you know I, I remember like uh, you, you watch a movie with the kids that you liked when you were a kid. Anyone ever do this? Who's old enough to have kids to watch movies with them? And you forgot some of the stuff that was in that movie. Yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of nods. It's like that awkward. Like now we we preview everything. We watch an old movie before we let the kids watch it. Because at least if it has some scenes that we kind of know to hit, well, I'm just going to fast forward through this section. Uh, <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, you know, we, and we remember the, these things. And you, rem- memory could be a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, and uh, uh, Warren Wiersbe wrote, the past is a rudder to guide you, not an anchor to drag you. We must learn from the past, but not live in the past. And, and so here I think the psalmist looks longingly to the past, but then, but then he starts to redirect, and it says in verse 5, why am, I so, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior, my God. Now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you, even from distant Mount Hermon, the source of the Jordan, from the land of Mount Mizar. So, so my heart is breaking. It's not an uncommon thing. Many, many of us struggle, our hearts break. There's times where we'll be in despair. We find ourselves in despair. You know, we can remember, sometimes it's helpful to remember how things used to be. Remember, you know, when you felt close to God. Remember a time when you felt close to him, perhaps at church or, you know, at camp as a kid. And, and to look to God through our troubles often requires this conscious effort to look at when, God, when you've been close. You know, Corey Ten Boom said, if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. If you look at God, you'll be at rest. And there's times we need to focus our attention on God. Focus our attention on the things that he's done in our lives. Philippians 4.8 says it this way. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right, pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Um, and here, the, the truth is, in life, it's so easy to focus on the wrong things. I was a terrible baseball player. Um, but, you know, because you throw the, but I, I still remember some lessons you learned. Like, you get the ball thrown, and what do you have to do? Well, I'm batting, okay, sorry, I should tell you. <laughs> I'm picturing what I'm picturing, you're picturing what you're picturing. But, you know, you're, go, you're up at bat. They pitch the ball. What do you have to do? I hear swing. Make sure it's a strike. Let it go. If you're going to hit it, what do you have to do? What's more important than keep your eye on the ball? <laughs> because it's a, it's as crazy as it is. You don't look at where the ball's going. Like, you, you kind of, like, look at where you want to hit it. And then what happens 99% of the time if you don't keep your eye on the ball? You swing what you're, you, you hit what you're looking at. <laughs> and it's the same with golf. And it's embarrassing when you, like, are, like, golfing. Anyone golf and, like, you take that swing and totally miss? And then you act like it was a practice swing? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I'm ready now. Now I'll step forward. <laughs> I'm not saying I've ever done that, but I'm not saying I haven't. But, you know, if you don't keep your eye on the ball, and it's the same with God. If you don't keep your eye on God in this life, it's easy to, we'll swing at all kinds of other things. And we won't hit because we're not, you know, focusing on the right things. And one of the ways Satan attacks is get our eyes off 
of Jesus, you know, kind of to bring it in the New Testament. We, we talked about the story, um, you, know, <laughs> you know, Jesus, and he's, he's, he's hanging out with his disciples. They're going across the lake, and uh, we, we've talked about this story recently even. Uh, it was kind of our, our first pandemic sermon, if you will, because, you know, most of us can relate to being fearful in a boat in the middle of a storm. And so his disciples are out there. He's in the boat. He's going across this giant lake, like the Sea of Galilee. It's not like a sea, like an ocean, but it's a really big lake. And so they're going out across the lake, and it gets stormy. And when, when seasoned sailors, you know, get pretty frightened, that's usually a good indication that it's a big storm. And they go and they wake up Jesus because he was laying in the back, sleeping on a pillow. I love the fact that the, the scripture mentions that because, you know, sometimes you just need a nap. And so be like Jesus, take naps. <laughs> you know, but Jesus is the back nap in the boat. They wake him up. Uh, you know, he calms the, the storm, <laughs> and, and you know, and, and you know, Jesus can calm things, and another time, you know, they're, 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 if you read the story, you know, the, uh, Jesus is like walking across the lake this time, I'm kind of like, did he walk across this time, because he didn't want to deal with the, the you know, the storm, <laughs> but you know, he's walking across the lake, and, and you know, Peter sees him, what is, remember Peter? Remember, he, he looks out, he sees Jesus walking across the, the, the lake, what does he do? He says, hey, if Jesus, if that's you, like, call me out there too, and so Peter gets out of the boat, <laughs> and he starts walking, but what happens in the story? He sees the wind and the waves, and then he starts sinking, right? And, and Jesus got to pull him out of the water. And, and so that, in that story, you know, Peter was fine. He was walking on the water until what? Got his eyes off Jesus. And so there's storms, there's things, and if, we're, if we, we, we combat all of that by keeping our focus on God and what he's done. Um, you know, and, and you, know, uh, you know, it's interesting, you know, I've recently gotten to know Andy a little bit, and you sit down, and it's like you're, you're talking, you're telling stories and everything, and, and you know, I, I know sometimes it's like, when you go to Christian things, like, uh, like they're like, you know, tell your testimony. How did you come to Jesus? You know, and I, I've shared parts of it with all of you, and, and like, I love uh, sitting down, and you start talking about it, and you get, you get so excited, because, you know, you, I remember all the things that God's done in my life, and, and sometimes we're like, we're, we're talking about something, even in a Bible study or something, and it reminds me of something God did in my life, and I'm like, oh man, that was a pretty awesome thing that God did in my life. And, and by the time you're done, like maybe you were trying to encourage somebody else, but what happens? You encourage yourself because you remember the things that God's done. And that's one of the important things to remember things. You know, I've always been, I've never been one to journal. Like I try to journal. Like I write down thoughts in a journal, but I can't like anyone here a journaler. Like I, I admire you. I, I just, you know, people who write and write and write. I just can't do that. I don't. I, I, I also have very poor penmanship, so sometimes what I write, I can't read anyway. Uh, but, but you know, when you track and you, you look back on these things that God's done, it will encourage you in the times when, when you're in the, these things. And, you know, um, verse seven says, "I hear the tumult of the raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me." And I, I picture this this kind of this image of getting pounded by the waves. Like, I was down at Dewey last weekend because, you know, I, I like I the beach. I, I really do. And, you know, we parked at my aunt's and we, you know, we walk over. That's what we go to Dewey because we got a free place to park. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and I go over and um, I, I remember as a kid going there all the time and just, you know, it seemed like the waves were bigger when I was little. Maybe it's because I was smaller, but I remember just getting like pounded by the waves, 
You know what I mean? Like, I would just, I, I would love it. But then sometimes you get hit by a wave so big, it like just, you're not sure you're going to be able to come up. You're just thankful there's a lifeguard because you're like, you're pretty sure you're going to die in that moment. Anyone? Um, I didn't die. It's okay. Uh, but, you know, I, that's sort of the image here is, you know, just getting tossed around. And there's times when life feels like you're getting tossed around. But ultimately, you know, you, you need a lifeguard. You, you need one who's going to save you. You know, and David Hasselhoff's got nothing on Jesus. I'm just telling you. <laughs> but, verse 8 says, But each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me, and through each night I sing his songs, praying to God who gives me life. Um, and it, it, this, is a, this is a week for a, little, a few Bible stories. We don't have time to read all of them. But, but Paul in, in the Philippian jail, if you remember the story, he gets a beaten. He gets thrown and locked up in prison. You know, he's shackled up. You know, and, you know, he's in a situation that most of us would be miserable. Like, I'm miserable just going outside of the air conditioning. I am not praising God when I'm outside mowing the lawn. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're just like, oh, gosh, this is horrible. <laughs> but, but, you know, Paul is in a hard situation. He, he's in prison, unsure outcome of what's going to happen next. And, and what are they doing around midnight? Anyone know the story? They're praising and singing hymns. I'd be like, complaining about some stuff at least but but they're not right and you know and so there's this you know here's like we choose in life even when you're hard are you going to sing god's praises even when life is is, is difficult you know is our focus going to be on praising god or complaining uh verse 9 says oh rock oh god my rock i cry why have you forgotten me why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Their taunts break my bones. They scoff. Where is this God of yours? Why am I discouraged? Why is this heart so sad? I will put my hope in God, and I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. You know, and the psalmist sort of, he circles back to some of these same themes, if you read it. Again, I think psalms are more like paintings. Like, there, there's, there's brush strokes and broad things, and there's some sometimes repeated themes and things in there. It's so it's not chronological. Some of us like chronological studies of stories and things. You know, it's so, uh, you know, some of the kind of the same th thoughts, and I kind of picture it's sort of like a song on repeat. Like, I remember before repeat, and you had to rewind it to play the song again, but I remember when CDs came out, we were like, this is awesome. You can play like the same song. You could play Desperado a hundred times in a row if you want. Whatever, whatever your song is, I don't know. <laughs> Stairway to Heaven. Um, <laughs> my kids didn't know that one. I'm like, how did you not know that? Anyway, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like, sometimes I think the, the life situations are on repeat in our head. It's a, you picture these same things kind of coming up to them. And, and then we start into verse 43. Uh, it says, declare me innocent, O God. Defend me against these ungodly people. Rescue me from these unjust liars. Uh, and the truth is, we have enemies in life, right? You're going to have people who don't like you. Jesus said in John 15, the world would, would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of this world, so it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. And if they listened to me, they would listen to you. Hey, Jesus was perfect and they crucified him. You know, can't expect everyone to love you when you follow him. 
Now, some of you people don't love you because you're jerks to people. That's a whole other sermon. <laughs> you got to work on how you how you you, you parcel out truth. But um, with some resolution, we hear we read this from the psalmist: "For you are God, my only safe haven. Why have you tossed me aside? Why must I wander in grief, oppressed?" By my enemies send out your light and your truth let them guide me let them lead me to your holy mountain to the place where you live and i picture like a, a lighthouse you know it's a beacon of truth there, there's this, this this safety that the psalmist can see and it says there i will go to the altar of the lord to god the source of all my joy i will praise you with my heart oh god my god why am i discouraged why is my heart so sad i will put my hope in god i will praise him again my savior and my god you know, ultimately, we, we don't have a God who keeps us from hard times. I, I know that maybe some of you would like me to say, oh yeah, just do this and we won't have a, but we do have a God who will be with us through hard times. Romans eight twenty eight scripture we often read says this, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. God's not always concerned about filling our preferences. He, it's about filling his, his purposes in the world and in you. Uh, the expectation, uh, um, you know, we, we want things to get better, but ultimately it gets better at the end, for sure. Hopefully, in the meantime, hopefully there, there, just as there's bad days, there's good days, but ultimately the best day um, is when we um, are in heaven with him. Uh, Soren Kierkegaard, because I want to sound fancy like I'm, you know, quoting deep philosophers, he said this, he said, uh, it's perfectly true as philosophers say that life must be understood backwards, but they forget the other proposition that it must be lived forwards. Now, he's often paraphrased and says this, which is maybe makes a little more sense to you. Life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forward. There's, there's times when we go through hard stuff and we may not understand it, but when you're done, maybe you go, oh, that's why. In the midst of all that, our task is to stay focused on God, even if we don't understand it. Um, you know, it, it's interesting if you kind of, again, another Bible story. Um, there's this guy named, um, you know, in the Bible, he says, his, uh, you know, he gets sold into slavery. Not a good thing, right? And then what happens? Some of you guys know the story. Yeah, but before he becomes second, what happens? He gets sold into slavery. He gets accused by, by Potiphar. You know, he gets thrown into jail. He serves some people in jail, thinks he's going to get out. He's left there. Like, there's, there's all these bad things that happen, right? But, you know, it's funny because you don't read till the end. He says, you know, when he finally meets his brothers, they come there, and he kind of sees the purposes that God has put him through all this for. Because he, he, now he's in the number two. <laughs> he started off at, at you know, number zero. <laughs> uh, and it says, God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. But, you know, you have chapter after chapter of his life bef before he can look back and see the good. And, and there's times in your life you may not see the good that's going to come, but we have to trust that God's going to bring good. You know, God hasn't changed. God led you to victories in the past. He'll do so again. When we're down spiritually, remember, look to the future of what God has. Now, I kind of want to, a little caveat here. I'm not talking about clinical depression. 
So that's a whole other thing that reach out to me will help you find some help. But, but sometimes when we're down about things in life, we need to remember to look up and reach out to the God who helps us in the hard times. 